Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. there. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. I'm excited about what we're going to make today. We're making my favorite cake. It's a pretty easy cake to make because it starts with a cake mix, not something I usually do, but if it's working, don't fix it. It'll need a little advanced planning on your part because there are a couple of ingredients you probably don't keep on hand, including possibly the cake mix. And one of them still surprises me because I loathe the stuff, except in this cake where I love it. It's a sherry cake. So it's made with cream sherry, which is a kind of wine. It's sort of reddish brownish and very sweet. And just for me, quite disgusting. But it makes for a great cake flavoring. And, you know, the the flavor of the sherry, I think, is actually pretty strong in the cake, probably. I don't really notice it. I just know that when you combine sherry with butter and cake mix and almonds and brown sugar and cinnamon, you get something really wonderful that I don't make very often because it seems too fancy. It's not like you just throw this together and serve it after your spaghetti dinner. It feels, for me, very fancy. And part of that is because it gets baked in a bunt pan. And part of that is because it's made with this exotic ingredient, to me, which is the sherry. And part of it is because when you put it on the table, it looks glorious and it tastes very special and very unusual. So to me, it's a special occasion cake. And I may have to get over that, I guess. I, I start see, as I'm telling you this, it sounds kind of silly. It's like, this is my favorite cake and I never make it. I mean, the bottle of cream sherry I'm using here, I... <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, it's, you know, it's a wine bottle size, so... It's uh, 750 milliliters, whatever that means in American. And it's maybe half empty. And I've probably had it for, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years. It's hard to say because I only use it for this cake. Aging it more is good, right? I mean, isn't that a good thing for a wine? Although this has got like a regular twist cap. 
I don't know. I smell it. It smells like sherry to me, and it isn't something I want to smell. And whether it smells like it's fresh or not or usable or not, I don't know. Because I won't touch the stuff except in this cake. And then I think it doesn't matter. Let me give you your ingredient list and your do-aheads and tools. You need one package of yellow cake mix. And the recipe specifies that it should not have pudding in it. Not pudding, it says. I don't know where this recipe came from, by the way. I've got a handwritten version that my sister wrote out for me when I fell in love with the cake after she made it. I have no idea where it originally came from, so I can't credit anybody. If anybody knows where this came from, please let me know by either leaving me a message on my website, which is thecookalongpodcast.com. There's a contact me page, or on Facebook, you can just leave me a message there, and I will properly credit this on the website. All right, the second ingredient, four eggs, and then three quarters of a cup of sherry, It doesn't have to be expensive sherry. It can be cheap sherry. We're just baking with it. So get something that's cheap. Mine is by a company called Fairbanks California Cream Sherry. You know what? They may not even be in business if I've had this bottle for so long. Three quarters of a cup of vegetable oil. I'm using canola today. One package. That's a three and five-eighths ounce instant vanilla pudding mix. Actually, I think what I could find is 3.4 ounce. It may be one of the things that has shrunk, you know, that rather than raising the prices, they just shrink them a little bit, the amount of stuff in the package. But it'll be close enough, I hope. Half a teaspoon of nutmeg, a quarter of a cup of sliced almonds, which we're going to toast. We'll do that first. That's one of our do-aheads. That's the cake. There's a streusel filling, and this all comes together so <laughs> so yummy. Three quarters of a cup of sliced almonds for that. We're not going to toast that batch. Quarter of a cup of flour, third of a cup of packed brown sugar, three tablespoons of butter, a quarter of a teaspoon of cinnamon. And then there's a glaze, and we're going to use some, some more sherry in that, and a third of a cup of butter again, and one to one and a half cups of sifted powdered sugar, depending on how thin you want your glaze. Okay, that's the ingredients. In terms of tools, you will need a 10-inch bunt pan. It doesn't matter whether it's fluted or not. I have a fluted one here that I, and it's actually, hmm, look at this. It's a eight and a half inch bunt pan. Well, that'll be interesting. Well, I'm going to use it anyway. It's a non-stick I hope this works. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. I hope it fits in here. It's a nonstick thing, and I almost never get to use it. So we'll just jam all the batter in there. And you'll need a mixer. If it's not a stand mixer, you'll need a bowl for that. You'll need a second bowl for the streusel mix, and you'll need a third bowl for the glaze. And I think that's about it, other than your usual things like spoons and spatulas. Do-aheads are to preheat your oven to 350 degrees, and we're going to toast the almonds first. That's a kind of a do-ahead, but I'm going to do it with you. And then we're going to make the streusel filling. We're going to do those things before we mix up the cake mix. So let's begin. You can toast almonds in a couple of different ways. This is the sliced almonds, which is like little paper-thin, well, slices. They're not the slivered almonds. Slivered almonds are 
sort of like little bits. They're pale and they're peeled and they're little shards. These are actually the sliced ones. And that makes a difference because it changes how they toast and it also changes how they go into the filling and how they rest on the top of the cake. There's two ways to do this. You could put them in a pan on your stovetop and just watch them really carefully and toast them until they are a little bit brown. You don't really want them brown brown, just a little bit golden. I'm going to do mine in my toaster oven on a tray. So I'm spreading out a quarter of a cup of sliced almonds on my tray, and I'm going to turn my oven to bake at 350. And I think I'm not even going to let it preheat because I hope it doesn't matter. (laughs) Those are just going to go in there. And then the trick is to watch them. I cannot tell you how many times I have burned almonds I was trying to toast and had to start over. So as soon as this allows me to, I'm going to set a timer for maybe four minutes. I'm going to check it every 30 seconds to a minute because once they start to burn, there's nothing to do but throw them out and start over. While those are toasting, I'm going to grease and flour my bunt pan. I didn't call that a do-ahead. I probably ought to have, but I'm doing it right here with you. I am lucky enough to have something that's a spray called Baker's Joy, which is a baking spray like Pam or some kind of thing you use on the stovetop, but it's got flour in it. And I'm just going to use that and spray the inside of the pan. If you're doing this, be sure you get the cone side too. If you don't have this, you can use butter or you can use shortening and just rub it all inside the pan. And then it really is a do-ahead because it takes a while. Rub it in all the little wedges and dips And then sprinkle a little flour in there and tilt the pan around until all of the grease that you've used has a dusting of flour on it. And then dump the rest of the flour out down the trash or the sink. All right, my toaster oven just reached 350 degrees. And I can hear the nuts in there already kind of snapping a little bit because I can smell them as well. I had it set for four minutes. I'm going to take it down to two minutes. Okay, nope, I'm going to take them out. Holy cow. All right, I guess that's why you preheat the oven first, so that it's not quite this hot. These are toasted. Wow. Wow, that was only on preheated, hadn't even come to the right temperature yet. And they are well and truly toasted. And I knew that by the smell, just for the record. I knew from the smell that they needed to come out. So the first do-ahead is already taken care of. The second do-ahead is the streusel filling into a sort of smallish bowl. Well, not too small. We're going to have to put three-quarters of a cup of almonds of the same sliced almonds, but we're not toasting this batch. Then throw in your quarter of a cup of flour here, and that'll help the nuts float so they don't sink, and that will help make a nice middle layer, which is what this is going to do. And then a third of a cup of packed brown sugar. I keep my sliced almonds in a jar in the freezer so that they don't go rancid and so that I always have them on hand. Scoop that brown sugar into the third of a cup measure and pack it down with the palm of your hand. You can do that right through the plastic of the bag if you have it in a bag. And then put that in with the nuts. And then three tablespoons of butter. So I have some out here on my counter, but you know, it's a cold morning and it's kind of stiff and we're going to need to blend it. So I may have to let this sit for a few minutes 
If you're using a fresh stick of butter right out of the package, you'll have the markings on the outside. If you're not, you're using one that's already out, like me, what I did was go get one out of the refrigerator and hold it up to the one that was already open so I could get my three tablespoons. I started to eyeball it and then decided that it was not worth risking that I might make it too small of a mountain. Here's what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to chop this into little pieces. It's not really, really hard. It's just not soft enough to blend. So I'm cutting this into one-inch chunks into the bowl, by the way. And then I'm just going to let it kind of sit here for a couple of minutes before I try to blend it. Then we need a quarter of a teaspoon of cinnamon. A good quality cinnamon is helpful if you got one. The stuff that you buy in the grocery store... I'm sure it's mostly fine, but you have no idea how long it's been sitting around in some warehouse or something. I get mine from Penzi's Spices. Again, a disclaimer, I do work there, and so I believe in their products. Put your quarter of a teaspoon of cinnamon into the bowl, and here's where we're supposed to blend it together, and I just think the butter's too hard, so we're going to wait a minute. Pretend that that's done for the moment, and that what we now have is... The toasted almonds, which are actually for the top, and the makings of the streusel filling. And once we blend it all up together, that's what that will be. Despite my descriptions of this being elegant and what I think of as fancy food, company dinner food, it goes together very quickly and it doesn't require any complicated cooking skills. It looks great on the table in presentation. It tastes fabulous on the plate. People will think you worked much harder than you actually did. So what we're going to do now is the actual making of the cake, which is so easy, it's almost ridiculous. We're going to get out the cake mix. Cut open the package so that it doesn't go flying all over because we tried to pull it open. Just pour it into the mixing bowl. This is the bowl of what you're going to use on your mixer, your stand mixer bowl or whatever you use when you use your hand mixer. And either of those things should be fine for this in terms of what kind of tool to use. The next thing that goes in is four eggs. And if you're at all worried about getting bits of shell in your mix, crack them into a bowl first. I'm going to be arrogant, and this really is stupid because I've had instances where I deeply regretted not doing them into a bowl first, but I'm dropping them right into the cake mix. If you haven't heard about that, look for a podcast called The Best One Bowl Brownies, and you will hear all about what happened to me. You can find that on all of your favorite podcast apps at the Cook Along Podcast, which you probably already know about since you're already here listening to me. There are four eggs in there now. The next thing is the sherry. This is the thing that I felt like you might have to go get before you make this cake is a bottle of sherry. It's a grocery store item, even in a state that doesn't allow you to buy liquor in a grocery store, which is the one I live in. It's regarded as a wine. Also, three quarters of a cup is maybe a quarter of a bottle. So this 10, 12, 15-year-old bottle of sherry here, I now have only one cake's worth left. Who knows when that will be, all right? That's going into the mix. And then the three quarters of a cup of vegetable oil. That also goes into the bowl. See, what we're doing is just all the ingredient list items are going in here. And now the instant pudding. So the pudding mix 
I could tear this, but I'm not going to cut it because I can just see it exploding all over my kitchen. Fine powder mist everywhere. Oh, okay. You want to empty the package before you put it in, not just drop the whole package in, which is what I just did, of course. And then the nutmeg, you put a half a teaspoon into the mix as well. All right, that's everything. And we're going to put that on the mixer. I have a stand mixer, but this is where you're going to mix it up in whatever way you're going to do it. You might be able to do it even by hand, although it's going to take a lot out of your arm. I want to just start it on slow so that we don't splash the ingredients everywhere. Wow, they're splashing anyway. Low speed for one minute, just so that it doesn't fly everywhere any more than it just did for me. It wasn't a ton, but some of it did go poofing out. And you'll need a scraper of some sort for the bowl. That's usually a rubber spatula. I have a fun little thing that looks like a big fat samurai knife that I talked about actually in a quick bite podcast, which those are every other week. In between the new recipes that I post, I also post what I call a quick bite, which means we're not cooking. We're just chatting about some things. And I made one called Getting Into Cindy's Drawers. And it's three parts because I have a lot of interesting things in my drawers. And this gadget is in part two about tools. So what I'm doing with it, it's essentially just a rubber spatula, so I don't feel like you have to have this tool. It's just scraping down a little bit of the batter that went up on the sides. And now we're going to turn it to medium, a little at a time here. And set a timer for three minutes. And while that's turning over there, I'm going to come back over to the streusel. And I guess I'm not going to use a whisk because I know the butter is just going to clot up in the whisk. I hope you can hear me over the mixer. I'm just chopping it with a spoon here. I'm chopping the brown sugar with a spoon. Yeah, that butter is still really stiff. I'm kind of smashing that as I go. Ah, thank goodness this wasn't the whole piece that I cut it up smaller. This is going to take a minute to get this even soft enough to do this. But I'm just smushing everything together. So you're trying to get this to where it's what's called a streusel, which means it's a kind of uniformly crumbly mix. (laughs) Which sounds ludicrous, the way that I'm having trouble with this butter. I I almost feel like I'm going to have to get in here and do this by hand so that the warmth of my fingers can kind of deal with this butter a little better than the spoon is. You just want to smash it all together until what you get is something that looks like it belongs on the top of a coffee cake or a crumb cake. You know, a streusel. It's a streusel. What holds it together is the butter. This is crazy. I'm going to use my hands. How much longer do I have before I do that? I got a minute. All right. means I have to wash my hands before I can even turn off my mixer. This is working better. So now I'm just squeezing it between my fingers and trying to get the butter mixed into the brown sugar and the nuts and the cinnamon. Really, with this kind of filling, no wonder the cake tastes so good. This is the filling, yes. It's not for the top. It's for the middle. That's coming along a lot better than with the spoon. Still got 30 seconds to go. I think it'll be melded enough by then. 
There's a couple of big pieces still here, but not too bad. It's at least starting to look all uniformly moist. There probably are still bumps and lumps of butter in here, but it's a lot better. And I think it will do. Now I have to somehow get it off my hands. I'm down to one second. Ah, dang it. Okay, I'm trying to get all the brown sugar back in. I don't want it on my hands. It's useless there. I want it in the mix. All right, rinsing my hands off. Okay, stopping the mixer. I'm posting this recipe now because it's the first week in December. Actually, by the time I post this, it'll be the second week in December. And I can't help but feel this would be just a really, really lovely thing for a Christmas party or a Christmas dinner or a New Year's Day party or a New Year's Eve dinner. I'm going to take a picture of this streusel so you can see what it looks like when it's done. So now we're going to take the cake mix off of here. We should have been scraping the sides, but obviously I was busy with the streusel. It does look like it's mixed up okay. If you have some parts that don't look like they were mixed in very well, I'm sorry about that because probably you needed to stop and scrape the bowl or scrape it while it was turning or something. And you may just want to give it a quick turn to let that stuff get mixed in after you scrape it off the sides. Now the trick is to get the batter off the mixer attachment. I don't want to lose it. I want it in the baking pan, not in my sink going down the tubes. I wonder if that's what that means, going down the tubes. It's talking about, it's a plumbing reference. It probably is. I never thought of that before, but that must be what it is. It's not coming off easily because it's very sticky. That would be the eggs, making it pretty sticky. I think that's as good as I'm going to get it. Now this batter, you're going to put half of it into your greased floured bunt pan. It doesn't have to be exactly half, but, but the point is that you're making a bottom layer or what will become the top layer. And then we're going to put that streusel in the middle. That's probably enough. It's really hard to estimate because you've got two such different containers. I'm going to say that was close enough. And then you take the streusel, and we're using all of it, and sprinkle it over the cake mix in the pan. This will make a center filling. So try to keep it kind of evenly spread all around the center cone, which is the distinguishing characteristic of a bunt pan. I guess this might work if you don't have a bunt pan, if you put it in something else, but it's prettiest when made in a bunt pan. And now we take the rest of the cake mix and pour it over the top. So you're going to cover up all that nice strudel mix with this gooey cake mix. If there's any bits of streusel that you can still see, you want to try to spread or dollop some of the batter over it. It shouldn't be visible because that means it'll be too close to the bottom of the cake and you want cake around it, under it, above it. So as I'm sure you're aware when we are done with this cake, when it's cooked, and we're going to turn it upside down so that the smaller part is on the top and the part that we saw while cooking doesn't show at all. 
So this doesn't have to be beautiful, but it's just about getting the streusel in the middle rather than on the bottom once we turn the cake over. Again, I don't really want to leave anything in the bowl here. It's too good to leave behind. Cleaning it up with my spatula. There is a point where it becomes a little ridiculous, though. And I think that point is now. This now is ready to go in the oven. Hopefully your oven is ready to have it. Well, your oven should have been preheated to 350. And it's best if it's preheated enough to let it kind of warm up a little beyond that. Because when the oven beeps, it means it's 350 degrees at the top, but not necessarily in the whole oven. So it's always wise to just do it a little bit ahead and let it be warmer all the way through. And you can find an article about that. It's a blog post about that. It's pretty interesting. I thought it was interesting. I learned it from a repairman. And that is on the website, thecookalongpodcast.com. And I think it was the first blog I ever wrote. It's called Tricky Oven Temps. So now take this cake and put it in the middle of your oven. And set a timer for 45 minutes. So I'm going to go away, but here's what you're waiting for. At 45 minutes, you're going to touch it. And if it springs back at you after you touch it, it's time to take it out and we let it cool a little bit. If it just sort of sinks when you touch it, it means that the cake's not ready yet. And you need to give it another five minutes, which should be plenty. It should be just that when you touch it, it goes back to the way it was before you touched it. When you get to that point, take your cake out of the oven. By the way, when it first comes out of the oven, it's going to be really poofed up. It's going to be really tall. That's okay. It's going to deflate as it cools, which is something that is appropriate and also really desirable. So don't panic. When your cake comes out of the oven, just set it to cool. We're going to give it 20 to 30 minutes until the pan is cool enough to pick up so that we can flip it upside down or right side up, I guess is what I should say. It needs to be still warm, but not hot. So give it at least 20 minutes and then check it. And then when that's ready to go, come back to it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Me. Okay, so we're back, but just for a few minutes. So your cake is cool enough to handle now, and it's sitting there with its hole in the top, and what you want to do is take a plate, whatever you're going to serve it on, and put it on top of the cake as though it's a lid, and then turn the whole pan over with the lid as well, so that the cake is now with the bunt pan on top, and then lift the cover right off the cake and keep your fingers crossed because this is the place where it might stick. Mm, feels like mine's sticking. All right, I'm just going to leave it. It's too hot. If it won't come easily, if it doesn't just slide right off, leave it there. Don't take it off. Just let it sit on the plate upside down and cool for a bit. When it becomes apparent that it would just let go if you lifted the top, that's when you want to lift the top off. And then you're going to let it cool completely. And when your cake is really cool to the touch, it's room temperature, come back and we'll make the glaze. All right, back once again. I'm hoping that by letting it cool a little bit longer, your cake came out of your pan nice and neatly. Mine did. If it's just too hot, sometimes it's too sticky, particularly any place where that streusel filling got clear to the edge of the pan which is what happened with mine. But once it cooled, it popped right off. Now we've got a cool cake and we're going to glaze it. And this is what makes this cake glorious, actually. So we're going to need to melt some butter. And regular salted butter is fine, which is also what we used earlier. I didn't tell you that, but I didn't tell you unsalted. So whatever you had in the house was probably fine. A third of a cup is six tablespoons if you're scooping it from something. I'm just cutting six tablespoons out of a cube here. Putting the extra tablespoons on my butter dish for later. So it can warm up for spreading for something else. Putting my six tablespoon piece into a microwavable dish with a lid. And melting it in my microwave which sometimes happens so fast that it starts to boil over and make, yeah, you know, pool in your microwave. So I'm going to go medium-high for 30 seconds and see how that works. And while that's melting, you need to get yourself either a sifter or a fine sieve, which is what I'm using. I don't use sifters anymore. They're obnoxious. They don't seem to work very well. The stuff gets caught up in them and doesn't get 
distributed correctly, and they're tiring on the arm and hand. All right, let's see how this is. Nowhere near. One more time. So what we're going to do is put, the recipe says a cup to a cup and a half. I think what I'm going to do, because I do like it pretty thick, I don't want it so thin that it's barely on there. I do like it pretty thick. I think I'm going to go ahead and use the whole cup and a half. It needs to be sifted, though. So scoop your powdered sugar up into your measuring cup. I'm starting with a half a cup here. And then dump that into your sifter or your fine sieve. And put that over your bowl that you're going to make the frosting in. And just tap it against your hand if you're using the sieve. The reason we do this is because, as you can clearly see... Powdered sugar tends to lump up. Even when we're done tapping this, it's going to take forever. Uh, I may need to get a spoon and just push it through. But you don't want those lumps. It'll make it really hard to make the frosting. All right, I'm going to get a spoon and just push it because you just don't want the lumps. It doesn't hurt to push it through with the back of a spoon. That's what I'm trying to say. And it'll go faster than if you just wait for those lumps to dissolve. All right, second half cup. This time I'm not going to bother with the shaking. I'm just going to go ahead and stir it with the spoon. Okay, I lied. i got to get the loose stuff out of here first. Now I can smash it with the spoons, pushing it against the sieve basket until it goes through. I know what I was trying to say. This isn't about putting air in it. Sometimes when you do this with flour, it's about putting air in it. This is not that. This is just about getting the lumps gone. All right, here goes the last half a cup. All right. Once you get all the lumps out, and you're left with this fine powdery mess, because that's what it is, it kind of went more places than I really wanted it to. It's on the countertop, it's on a cutting board. It's okay. This is okay. It's okay. Just have to be cleaned up anyway, right? Now the butter goes in. That butter we just melted. I hope it's completely melted now. Close enough. It's got a lump, but if I swirl this around, I think the melted part will melt the unmelted part. I'm just going to let that sit for a minute, actually. Let's go to the sherry. So open your bottle of sherry back up, and we want one tablespoon I'm going to put that in with the melted butter instead of into the powdered sugar because I think it'll distribute better that way. Now the butter is all melted. The sherry is in there. Just pour that mixture into your pile of powdered sugar in the bowl. Well, that smells pretty strongly of alcohol. It's all right. It's going to get spread around. You know, I guess I should have said that. If a member of your family or friends is a recovering alcoholic, this does have real live alcohol in it. So be cautious when choosing who to serve it to. So we're just stirring this up until it's smooth. Because even once the powdered sugar is sifted, it still kind of lumps when you add the liquid. And once it's all smoothed out, we're going to drizzle it over the cake. It's a little bit thick, which as I said, is the way I like it. And so we're just going to kind of put the bowl right over the top of the cake, really close, and go around the top of the cake with the bowl kind of dripping stuff out. And then do it again a little bit further out. 
Make sure it runs down both the inside and the outside. You want it to drip. And then, if you need to, you might need to spread it around with a spoon, which I'm finding I need to do. If too much falls into the middle or onto the plate on the outside, just scoop it back up and put it back on the cake. Yeah, this is a little thicker than I intended. Oh, yeah, it's more almost a frosting than a glaze, and that was not my intent at all. But there you go. Cooks make mistakes. We just do. All of us. Everybody. You know, those baking shows. It was such a revelation to me to watch these people who were selected from who knows how many cooks or bakers to participate in these contest shows. So you know they've got some gifts in cooking in the kitchen. They mess up, right? They mess up. They mess up during the competition. If they mess up, then it's probably not such a big deal that I mess up because I don't claim to be that kind of chef or baker. Once your glaze is kind of spread around, this is not going to make a pretty picture. Dang it. I really wanted a pretty picture, but it doesn't look like the glaze is supposed to look. I either got too much alcohol, I don't know, too much powdered sugar probably. Last step. You remember those toasted almonds that we did at the very beginning? Those now get sprinkled over the top as a garnish. Just by hand, sprinkle them over the top of the cake. And use all of them. And they're going to fall down in, they're going to fall down outside, they're going to fall on the surface of the table you're using. Those you can pick up and try again with. <laughs> oh yeah, they're going everywhere. This is okay. It's part of the whole experience to have the almonds go places you don't really want them. And then take a picture so you can show people who didn't get to eat it later. Take it to the table and listen to your guests. Ooh and ah, especially when you cut it open. And you can see that streusel filling in there. This is a really to-die-for cake. I hope you like it. I know it's a little unconventional. As I said, it's my very favorite cake. I think it took me a long time to realize that. My favorite cake when I was a kid, my mother used to make a spice cake for my birthdays. Spice cake with panucci frosting. Well, and then I grew up and now I'm eating this bizarre sherry cake instead. That's the end of today's project. If you want to contribute to the next project, I invite you to make a donation to the show on either Patreon.com or through your Acast app. You can do it right through the listening app. That helps me continue with supplies and equipment and ingredients, all that kind of stuff. Podcasts are released every Saturday as early as I can do it. Every two weeks, there's a brand new recipe. And every two weeks in between, there's a new Quick Bite podcast. Just for fun. Shorter and cooking related. Talk to me on the Facebook page. Look for me on Twitter and Instagram. Visit the webpage for more yummy recipes. And until next time, happy cooking! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.